Welcome to Real Talk with Life After Grief, Chris, where we talk about relevant issues as it relates to individuals in grief as they navigate finances and the advisors who help them. We help clients in grief navigate financial matters. We also teach advisors how to emotionally and financially work with clients in grief through an unparalleled process. This week's episode is sponsored by Life After Grief Financial Planning and Life After Grief Consulting. Hello and welcome back to Real Talk with Life After Grief, Chris. This is season two. I am so excited to be back and we have a great upcoming season with lots of good information in the upcoming episodes. I've gotten a lot of positive feedback from season one and some of the overwhelming feedback was what do I do and why do I do it? And some of the background that I have, maybe some of the certifications that go along with that. I will start off this premiere episode in season two there. At the conclusion of today's episode, I'll give you some teasers in regards to topics to look forward to as we move through season two. So without further ado, what do I do? And why do I do it? And some tips for looking for a person to handle your finances. So what do I do? I help those in grief navigate financial matters. I do it because I love it. And I also do it because I've been given a gift. And I'd also like to kind of put out there, I have kind of a class system, uh, if you will. I rank things that are important in my life. And I hope to demonstrate that while I'm speaking to individuals, clients, and or families. So I put God first, and then I put my family second. And then after that, I put my friends. And I kind of put things in perspective. And again, because I've been given this gift, I like to eliminate a lot of the minutia in my life. I like to have narrow focus. And that's part of the gift that I've been given to have this narrow focus because I've been forced into situations to make me focus on things uh, without having to be sidelined, so to speak, with some other things. I also do some public speaking. That was kind of as a result of all the things that I've done, you know, kind of recently and the unique uh, aspect of my practice. Uh, the public speaking is, it's pretty fun for me. I get to teach advisors and um, folks alike, you know, what grief looks like and some things to think about and some takeaways. And as I just mentioned, I teach advisors specifically how to work with clients and grief. I've actually, some of my friends um, joke that I never, never formally utilized my education degree, my elementary education degree. Well, I have now developed, not now, but I've developed a training program and it is geared towards advisors and professionals on specifically how to work with clients in grief. And it is online and um, that can be found on my consulting site. I was pretty excited about developing that and it was a, a long time coming so to speak. And I had no idea, you know, several years ago that that would even be a thought in my mind. But due to advisors, you know, continuing to ask me, you know, what I do, how I do it, why I do it, um, I, you know, developed this training program and I had a lot of help to do so. So I was um, very proud to do that. The online training is called the Advisor's Guide to Grieving Clients. 
I guess it would be kind of important to um, let you know that I designed this and um, give you a name associated with it too. I'd also realized that many non-financial folks really don't care about financial jargon. So I'm going to go into detail about my background and some of my credentials and some things to think about when speaking to anyone who handles your finances. And I'm going to try to eliminate the jargon, if you will. So I am a certified financial planner. It's a CFP for short. And I'm going to explain exactly what that is and what it takes to accomplish that. And I'm also going to explain the difference between a certified financial planner and a financial advisor, because those two terms by folks that aren't in the industry get commonly confused. A CFP slash certified financial planner has education requirements and that of a bachelor's degree as a first step to the present CFP certification criteria. Students must master a curriculum of approximately 100 topics on financial planning. The educational component also includes taking a course. At the time that I took the course, this was what was generally included. General principles of finance and underneath that umbrella were lending and loans, college planning. Then you have estate planning, which includes wills and trusts and the likes. You have income tax planning. That's pretty self-explanatory. Retirement planning, pretty self-explanatory. Insurance and employee benefits, which includes home insurance, health insurance, car insurance, etc. And investment planning. Then there's an examination. And when I took the course and got to the examination, the examination was a 10-hour exam over two days. I believe it was six hours the first day, split up into two three-hour components. And then the second day, I believe it was two two-hour components. That may be a little bit off, but it was it was a grueling test, none the least. And I liken it to studying six white pages. So there were specifically in the schooling, there were six areas of study, which I just went over. The way that I explained it in regard to the white pages, and you have to study the white pages, you have to interpret the information, it all overlaps, and then you have to interpret it again, and you go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth on the exam, and there's many different scenarios you have to take into consideration when you are working with a client, and it involves each one of those areas that I spoke about before. Then there are code of ethics and the ethical requirement, and there's a professional responsibility to the financial planning practice. And then also registered investment advisors have a fiduciary duty to care for investment. So I'm going to go over that again. There's a a code of ethics requirement, and you have to abide by a professional standard, if you will. And then you have to basically re-up your ethical component every so often. There's a question that is commonly asked of me, and that is, am I a fiduciary? And the answer is absolutely yes. And then the next question is, and again, because many non-financial folks hear that word, but some folks don't really know what it means. What is a fiduciary? A fiduciary is a person or organization that acts on behalf of another person or persons putting their client's interest ahead of their own with a duty to preserve good faith and trust. Being a fiduciary thus requires being bound both legally and ethically to act in the other's best interest. 
So basically, that's a big word basically saying that I have to put my client's interest ahead of my own. If I've learned nothing else in my studies as a CFP, that's probably one of the biggest that comes along you know, with being a CFP. So I've learned plenty, uh, but I just like to emphasize the component of being a fiduciary. I also have to renew my certification every two years. So then the next component is what is a financial advisor? A financial advisor has some specific duties and responsibilities. A financial advisor is responsible for educating clients on products and services available to help them best utilize their available funds and achieve important monetary goals. Some of a financial advisor's duties include meeting individual with clients to determine their financial objectives, risk tolerance, income, expenses, and assets, offering strategic advice on products and services such as investments, insurance coverage, and debt management tools, securing stocks and bonds and establishing progressive savings accounts, moving money from accounts per industry and federal regulations, performing market research to stay current with financial trends, preparing financial documents such as income projections and investment reports, maintaining compliance with all rules and regulations in the financial industry, identifying and pursuing potential clients to maintain a strong client base. So as a CFP, I do the job of a financial advisor as part of my overall practice of being a CFP. CFP is a lot more broad Uh, than a financial advisor. However, if someone asks me to only manage their stocks and bonds, I generally say no. And the reason is I can't effectively manage someone's stocks and bonds without knowing their entire financial picture. I'm going to give you a couple of examples of someone who has come to me asking me to manage $100,000. So if I don't know about their cash flow, insurance, retirement, needs, family needs, then I cannot effectively give them good advice. Essentially, I cannot truly be a fiduciary. I'm going to give you two different examples. And both are married and have families. Janet, who simply inherited this same $100,000 and does not need this money to fund her retirement. Her cash flow and her insurance needs of her family have been met in the event something happens to her. Conversely, Kwame has the same $100,000, but is running short every month and does not have enough insurance in the unlikely event something happens to him as the breadwinner of his family. Through those two examples, you can see it's the same pot of money, but the conditions or the dynamics surrounding each family are dramatically different. And I, as someone that that individual is coming to, if I don't have an effective means of completely understanding their financial picture without readily investing their money, I cannot do my job as a certified financial planner and as a fiduciary and doing things in their best interest. For example, with Kwame, if I took his $100,000 and simply invested all of it, for a long-term horizon, I would do him a disservice because he would need part of that money on an ongoing basis monthly because he was running short. And then conversely, Janet, it would most likely be fine because all of her other financial needs are met and it would be fine to invest her money in that regard. So I'm just giving you a couple of examples to help you understand the differences. 
And so what I do for an individual is akin to giving them a plan for their financial life based on their individual needs. I usually describe it as, you know, giving a business plan um, to a business. Uh, Very similar. Um, I give someone a financial plan for their financial life. And I commonly hear clients say that their friend did this or they got this return. I often remind clients that their plan is based on their needs and not the needs of their friends or extended family members. And it's very, very important. And I do have to reiterate that from time to time with clients. And oftentimes, um, you know, when they are citing some examples from their friends, they have no idea what their friend's complete financial situation is, their risk tolerance if they're properly protected, meaning insurance wise or any of the other dynamics. And so what I do for a client is very, very specific to their situation. I am also a CEFT and that's a term that you're going to hear in another episode, but it's a certified financial transitionist. And specifically, I am trained to help clients navigate through major life events and the financial transitions that accompany them. I obtained this training through a 12-month training program and an examination to follow. This training has brought my professional and personal experience full circle with scientific theory. And then again, like I said, in a subsequent episode, you are going to hear me mention the name Susan Bradley. She was the one that developed this training. I always encourage prospective clients to research me or any advisor they are looking to work with. If they are a CFP, you can go to the CFP.net website to make sure and look at their background in regards to the certified financial training that they have taken. You can also go to brokercheck.com and then you can also go to the SEC website and that should give you a pretty good background on the individual you're working with. And on any of the above sites, um, you can gain information on how long the individual has been practicing or some other certifications they may have. And you will also get a history of any disciplinary actions against the individual. That information is more so on BrokerCheck and the SEC website. The CFP website is going to be very specific to the CFP training. So what is upcoming for this season of podcast? Susan Bradley, she's the founder of the Sudden Money Institute. I'm very excited to have her on a future podcast because she has a training that is unlike any other training that I've seen. And it's really to help out advisors or frankly, anyone. It's mainly a group of CFPs but it's to train folks how to work with other folks in transition, like I kind of described. I'm going to have a lady, a very dynamic lady on a future podcast. Her name is Amy Irvine, and I would describe her as a trailblazer in the world of finance with special emphasis on advancing women. Something else to note about Amy is that she is a griever, a recent griever that is also running her practice, which is a, a, a very interesting dynamic for someone who is going through grief and also understanding how to work with clients in grief. There is another episode with a gentleman who is also a financial planner. His name is John Chesbro, and 
he was the first financial planner that came to me for advice on working with a grieving client and their family. And you'll get to hear some information about how our relationship developed and how I was able to help him through, you know, that process. And it's very real. And um, it it was a um, very touching situation because it happened so quickly. And then there's another gentleman that I'm going to have on. Uh, His name is Daniel Kopp, and he is a fellow life after griever. And he also runs his own practice. Very uh, dynamic, I say, a young man. He's uh, probably about 10 years younger than me. And how we, you know, became buddies and how we developed a relationship and how he grew and blossomed and um, just really took off in his practice after going through some very daunting personal experiences. And you'll hear that with his deceased wife. And he's really turned the corner and he's living life to the fullest. He's remarried and, um, you know, great things have happened to Daniel. I will also introduce you to a lady. Her name is Heidi Burnett, and she is someone who prevents grief. And I'll just leave it at that. I'll also touch on some other podcasts, some teasers. I'm going to do a podcast on grief and how it relates to racism and discrimination and uh, grief as it relates to having little to no means. And then I'll also weave in some other topics uh, for a podcast. But I, I just wanted to leave you with some highlights for the upcoming season. And I'm really excited uh, about season number two. I learned a lot and season number one, and I got a lot of great feedback. And as always, thanks for listening. And please feel free to pass this episode on to any friends, family members, or colleagues. See you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you are a client and are looking to work directly with me, Chris, and or my firm, head on over to Life After Grief FP. That is Life After Grief FP. The FP is for financial planning.com. If you are an advisor looking to emotionally and financially work with your client in grief, or if you are a client looking to get your advisor's head in the game, head on over to lifeaftergriefconsulting.com. That is lifeaftergriefconsulting.com. Any information referenced in this week's podcast will be located here in the podcast section. And as always, please feel free to share this week's podcast with any friend, family member, or colleague. Thanks for listening. See you next week on the next episode.